I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. What a week we've had. Oh, it's been a rough one for some folks. Unfortunately, that is true. It has been pretty rough. We can look no farther than Ukraine and we can see just how rough it has been for some of our fellow world occupiers. Absolutely. It appears that Mr. Putin's up to his games again like he was uh, when he went and took over Chechnya and did some stuff in, I believe it was Bosnia maybe? Uh, Chechnya, Bosnia. He had previously entered Ukraine in 2014 and he, he's just known for doing terrible things to our fellow humans. But in 2014, it was Crimea. And he's had other incursions, not just there. But this one has gone out into all-out war. It is not no longer, uh, I don't remember what term he used to call it, just like a military event or a military something. He tried to, to downplay what he's doing, but he has started a war. Yes, he has. And you can thank his uh, general that's in charge of the state, so to speak. And he's the one that's claiming that they're just going in and protecting Russia from Western aggression. Therefore, he feels he needs to take over Ukraine. Yeah, well, I guess China has been in talks with Russia. So there was a There was a claim that the U.S. sent intelligence to China trying to, I don't know, get them on our side, saying that Russia was going to start a war. This is the intel that we have, and China just turned around and gave it right to Russia. Well, then it turns out that there's more intel, supposedly, that said the United States already knew that China and Russia were talking, so I don't know why we would give up intel to them or if it was a a chance to to feel like they were un, caught unawares, I don't know. But China had asked Russia to delay their invasion until after the Olympics had concluded. So on the 20th of February, Olympics conclude on the 24th of February, the invasion starts. So then these communists are all simpatico then, I would say. They are. Well, and then if you look at... As soon as Russia invaded Ukraine, China started doing more incursions over Taiwan and military, you know, uh, mounting different military tactics depending on, on what the day of the week was. But they have now started that. And then, of course, North Korea is like, hey, don't forget about us. And they send up their their little flares. Launching a couple fake missiles. Yes. Well, it's called a special military operation. Yes, a special military operation. By Mr. Sergei Shogu. He's Russia's defense minister. He's the one that's currently leading the war effort in Ukraine. He said the special military operation was to protect the Russian Federation from posed military threats by Western countries. He says... That they're only hitting military installations. So then that would make all the news that is, have 
come out, videos that have come out, they would be misinformation? Yes, misinformation or inaccurate. When we've seen what's going on in all the civilian buildings that they're hitting, so it's obvious that they've actually changed their military tactics because they're using cluster bombs now. And cluster bombs will is an initial bomb that then, as its arms opens up and then little clusters come out or a bunch of little small bomblets, and they use those to target civilian populations. Well, they've also been targeting the nuclear reactor areas. Uh, I guess I did not realize this, unfortunately, until this war broke out. But Ukraine has the largest nuclear facility in Europe. Yes, and they have 12 to 17 reactors mm-hmm. at four or five sites within their country. So apparently they use the nuclear reactors to fuel their country's needs and it fuels 24% of their grid electric grid needs and so that's what the Russians have gone after is at least 24% of their ability to maintain electricity or power their ability to maintain power across their country correct and I'm not very good at Russian or Ukrainian language and I believe the city where the large reactor's at is in uh, Lviv. I did not read the name of the city. L-U-I-V is how it's spelled. L-U-I-V? L-U-I-V or L-V-I-V. Yeah, I would say Lviv. That, that was probably too French. Well, fortunately, I know. Fortunately, <laughs> um, it parts of it had caught on fire from the shelling. Right. And they were able to put that out. And they now have uh, Chechnyan guys holding their scientists hostage at that power plant. And they're the ones that are forcing them to run it, shut it down, turn it on, so to speak. So right now we're looking, they bombarded and attacked a nuclear plant and that could have gone terribly for the region. But they took that risk to go after a nuclear power plant by shelling it. Yeah, and generally when the U.S. does an operation like this, they will redline all the way around a nuclear plant and they will tell their military specifically to not target said plant because we don't want an adverse reaction, meltdown, major fire, dust off, anything like that. Well, and they had already gone after the Chernobyl nuclear plant. Now that one had been shut down after a disaster, I believe it was in the mid 80s 1986 somewhere around there after that disaster there's been like a no-go zone now apparently some tourists every so often will decide to go to the no-go zone and take their chances out there but for the most part it's been unoccupied for decades and I guess that was the first place that Russia really went after the first nuclear site they went after was there followed by then the largest European and Ukrainian nuclear reactor so they definitely have some intent there it's amazing small country like the ukraine i think they have more active reactors in their country than we do here in the united states of america well we've been shutting them down here in the united states of america we have one in california san san onfrey san onofre san onofre thank you san onofre and they've been shutting that down or they already got it shut down and we've been taking away that as an option i actually did a tour of that site when they were building it my sister's husband actually was a welder on the job and he actually took me for a tour when i was a kid it was pretty cool 
Yeah, I've only seen it from the roadway, but it, it does look pretty cool from the outside. I can only imagine how it looked on the inside. It's pretty neat. Empty, but pretty cool. So I guess old Putin's been meeting with uh, the French leader, Macron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've met uh, by phone three times the last two weeks. And Macron was very fearful of this last discussion they had yesterday. And he's afraid that the worst is yet to come there in the Ukraine. It was a very tense phone call. And uh, Macron told Putin that his country is going to be extremely isolated from the rest of the world if he doesn't stop his invasion. And basically, Putin told him, we're not stopping until the job's done. Well, right now they have... China on their side so I don't think that they'll be out we would be the ones who are out look at how much of our stuff comes from China the vast majority of our goods come from China we moved manufacturing to China because it was cheap labor and we're now facing this issue where if China goes after Taiwan or others or 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 starts working more openly with Russia are we going to sanction China too because there goes a lot of our goods we won't have, a, apparently our masks will go and our testing kits will go, but really our clothes, I think most of the stuff sold on Amazon, at least 70%, it seems like, is from China. So we're facing this problem where Russia will be relying on China, and they arguably can because they'll have the ability to shut out the U.S. and pick up Russian needs. Right, and that's interesting. Because a former Pentagon official said today that if Russia and China join forces and combine their cyber tech, the U.S. doesn't stand a fighting chance because the U.S. infrastructure cyber defense is along the levels of kindergarten. And this guy, his name is Nicholas Shalian. He's a former U.S. Air Force chief intelligence IT guy. And apparently, if we're that lacking, then he was not doing a very good job. No, I would say that he wasn't doing a very good job. I wonder if, in part, it comes from the lack of continual funding in Congress, because they'll do these continuing resolutions instead of funding a full uh, budget. And I know that there has been complaints from the military in the past that without a full budget, they can't wholly work on new things and building things up. Not to say that all of the fault would lie there. They obviously have money. Money is going through different channels, so they they could have pushed to make the U.S. a more force for reckoning in that department. But we've also been shipping off. Apple does all of their, their work out of China. They build the phones in China. And how many other pieces of our technology have come through there? So China has the information. Well, apparently all of our RX or our pharmaceuticals, about 90% of them are in China now. We would be really hurt. We would be hurting. And we had a president that tried to push for more manufacturing in the United States. And we allowed some presidents to push for manufacturing elsewhere. So who got hurt? We did. We did, absolutely. Well, it's quite interesting, too, that this war over there in Ukraine could envelop and increase into a very large war there in Europe. And it could include a lot of NATO countries as well. And NATO has decided today that they're not going to enforce a no-fly zone. Wow. 
And that is what Ukraine has said would help them tremendously if there was a no-fly zone. No-fly zone and weapons. That's all they need. They don't want boots on the ground from other countries. They think that they can handle it themselves. And a lot of their own citizens that have come on board there and are helping fight, throwing Molotov cocktails at them and using all means necessary to fight back or saying that they may occupy their land, but they will never take them over. They'll never tell them what to do. And just like when the Taliban ran them, ran them, them being Russia, out of uh, Afghanistan, they will do the same thing there. So what do you think of Russia having a role in the UN Security Council? And them voting that it's what they're doing is not problematic. Should they have a vote in the Security Council? Absolutely not. Can you believe we allow people who are occupying another country who are forcefully invading them to have a vote and whether or not they're doing the right thing? Well, there's countries that have been labeled terrorist organizations that are able to create votes. I mean, not as powerful as Russia's vote, but yes, I, I do believe it. Did you hear about Mr. Senator Lindsey Graham? I have not heard about Senator Lindsey Graham. Well, he's from one of the Carolinas, yeah? Uh, South, I believe. South Carolina? Well, apparently he said the only way for this thing to end, besides the sanctions, is for somebody from Russia to rise up and assassinate their prime minister. Oh, wow. That's a pretty big and bold statement to make against a world leader, even if you think that he's doing the wrong thing. Um, it is a bold statement. That's why former um, Congresswoman Tulsi. Oh, Tulsi sorry, Gabbard. From Hawaii. She is an active officer right now, currently. And when she goes on the news, she's very, very decisive about how she speaks. Yeah, she's actually a really interesting person to listen to and to follow. I have a lot of respect for her. I don't always agree with what she says, but I, ha- I have a lot of respect for her. I do now as well that I've started to listen to her. And it was interesting because I listened to her a couple of days ago. And she actually from, I believe it was Iraq when she was there, Afghanistan, one of the two. She went to go on leave for a little bit to kind of recuperate a little. And she actually ended up going to the Ukraine on leave and actually met some people there now and has some lifelong friends. And she's been in communication with them since this thing all started. What a small world. What what an amazing opportunity that she would have had to take some leave. And then who would have thought at this point there would be a connection for her militarily and personally? Well, don't be surprised if she doesn't change parties or this is going to be the first time in history that a Republican, I think, first time in history, and a Democrat actually combine forces to run for president and vice president of the U.S. Okay, who would you put as the number one and number two in that? Governor DeSantis, number one. With Tulsi Gabbard? Number two. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I could see a winning combination there. So do you believe that Russia has spent years doing this or it was more of a whim? No, they've been working on this for at least six to ten years, but I would imagine that it's probably been in the thought process since the former USSR split up. Now, have you heard that Russians have been conscripting young individuals into the military in what appears to be uh, against their will? Yes. Yeah, so I guess some 
parents of Russian, um, I say children, but I'm not exactly sure of their age. They could be 18, 19. But some of the parents have said that they've lost communications with their loved ones. And when they do get anything, it appears that some have claimed that the children have been forced to sign contracts to fight for Russia. All of their electronic equipment is being confiscated and they are immediately being sent. Sound like a draft. Something like that. Apparently you go in for a couple of months and then you can choose to sign a contract for the Russian military and then it goes through a set of processes. Now, according to some of these individuals, the parents, the kids have just been forced to sign and they're bypassing all of the requirements and just shipping them off. That's interesting because I've been watching a couple of experts kind of basically put a map up on a screen and show you what parts of the country Russians have taken over. And if you look at the map, a lot of those, how do you say that term? Can what? Conscript. Conscript. I almost say constricted. Conscripted. Well, they're being constricted too, right. but conscripted but into conscripted the military. Conscripted into the military. They are the ones that are fighting up in the north. And that's where the Russian military is bogged down and where they're having the most problems. If you go down to the south by the waterway, that's where all of the fluid and cohesive units are fighting out of and they're making headway very quickly. So some of what we've done in our country has included more reliance on Russian oil and an increasing reliance on it. Now, provided we get oil from different places, we shut down U.S. oil pipelines in favor of buying more Russian oil. And now we're running into the situation where if we are going to sanction the very country we get, even if it's 3 to 6% of our oil, it can still have a big impact. It's already increased the price of fuel in Southern California to over $5.20 a gallon for the cheap stuff. But now, well, as a side note, they're going to use that to say that it was this Ukrainian-Russian war that caused all of our issues. And they're going to look past the fact that Biden and his policies and Democrat policies are the ones that have caused a year of job loss, a year of, well, if you listen to the White House, 7 million new jobs have been created thanks to President Biden's policies. Telling people they can go back to work is not the same thing as creating jobs, but... Anyway, so to, to go back to it, so now are we going to start uh, drilling for more U.S. oil, moving more U.S. oil, having more pipelines, not using train cars to move oil, having an actual, you know, good moving pipeline and reducing costs? Because it costs a lot of money to move it by train cars, so having a pipeline ultimately would have been a money saver. Well, that's why none of their business practices make any sense when they get into office. Because if you just go back a couple of years, we were selling more oil than we had sold in years and years to other countries around the world. Our prices were down. Everything was going good. And then just omit the COVID and just look at the presidential change. Right away, they do away with all of the policies and executive orders and all that. And we stop pipelines, we stop pumping in the name of green energy, and then all the prices go through the roof. And what's that old saying you and I use? They're the ones that... Create the problem. And they say that they are... The ones who can fix it. Absolutely. And they never can. Now they just like to create more problems over and over again. So do you know what CBS thinks is a problem in Ukraine? COVID? 
they believe that right now the war is not necessarily as important as Ukrainian views on transgenderism. Oh, that's uh, Kamala Harris. She did that as well. Yes. She did that as well, but it came out, I saw, when I saw it, it had come out after CBS News um, had tweeted, transgender acceptance in Ukraine is not widespread, and changing legal documents to match gender requires a long process with psychiatric examinations. CBS News spoke to one woman in Kiev who is now battling a war within a war Amid Russia's invasions. So apparently it's more problematic about changing your legal documents during a war. Because that's what CBS is. And and don't get me wrong. It is definitely an important issue for this person and for that country. Should she go into the buildings that's getting shelled to do it? I mean, I don't. I understand there's problems, but that would not make the top of my list while getting well they're, bombed. they're sorely misguided right now because that isn't the most important issue and kamala harris thinks that we need to have a vote right now in the senate house for chan- transgender athletes that it's a very important thing right now and, you know i kind of looked her up a little bit and i didn't realize she's actually a pretty educated lady yeah she's a uh, legally she has her law degree she's legally minded Kind of yeah. legally minded, um, but she has her law degree, and that's why she's been touted as a possibility for the Supreme Court nomination that Biden ultimately did not go with. But she was touted as a possibility as a Supreme Court nomination nominee because she has a background in law. Right. She uh, graduated from Hastings and Howard University. She has a bachelor's in science and economics, and she also has a doctorate. She has been a prosecutor, California's attorney general, and she's been a U.S. senator. Interestingly, though, every time she's on the news and she speaks, you can't make heads or tails of what she's saying or trying to say. She just seems confused or unfocused, or she's been given a script of lines that she's allowed to say, and that's it. It's just the weirdest thing I have ever seen. I think it's because she has to toe a a line that she doesn't necessarily agree with. So she's trying to look back in her brain and think, okay, wait, how was I supposed to answer this? Because her all of her answers are circular, which is a normal thing for a politician to be. But I feel like her answers are even worse because she can't actually say what she wants to say. She has to speak biden's language and and say whatever she's been told by those pow- whoever's controlling biden's also controlling her well, it's not that difficult to speak like biden sorry no i know so she <laughs> she's definitely hitting the nail on the head when right. she says the war with russia and ukraine is a war with two countries that are located on a map right. over Making here people feel like, like they're absolute buffoons yes interesting and, thing though is she was over in europe and when giving an interview she basically said that it would be interesting for Ukraine to be accepted into NATO. And some experts, pundits, whatever you choose to call them, a couple of them are now saying that, you know, she might be the one that's partially responsible for Putin going ahead and pulling the trigger, so to speak, and launching this attack. I mean, I wouldn't blame it squarely on her, but that was definitely a misstatement 
well, it's this heated over there right now. Yeah, I, she definitely is known for her fumbles just as much as Biden is. But hers, I, I really do believe, are based on her attempting to give answers that are what she's been fed, what she's allowed to say. Correct. Speaking of what she's allowed to say, you know who Stacey Abrams is? Uh, she is out of Georgia, and she ran for governor, and when she lost, would not say that she lost and never actually... She's not, She still hasn't conceded. She, she still thinks yes. she's the governor. So she's never conceded because she said that the voting there was problematic and there were legal issues, and it was... Oh, what's the term that we're using? Fraudulent voting and stuff like that. But then the next vote, everything else is cool. That one, though, that one she doesn't agree with. Well, it's interesting that she compared herself and her voting rights work to the Ukrainian war. I'm sorry, what? She has compared herself to the Ukrainian president... Voldemort Zelensky saying that her helping with voting rights in Georgia is equivalent to the president of Ukraine fighting this war. She is off her rocker. That is a ridiculous comparison. And I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't hear it myself. That is absolutely ridiculous. You're fighting for your life, but hey, I'm fighting for you to be able to have a mail-in ballot and circle a bubble without an ID because IDs are racist. Correct. Oh, you poor thing. Poor you thing, poor, yes. poor thing. How do you not have PTSD? Let's send you to the loony bin now. Speaking of loony bin... You know, there's a lot of Russian citizens that are fleeing the country. Our country or theirs? Their country. Okay. No, I did not know that there were a lot fleeing. Yeah, they're being their fearful because Putin declared martial law. It's interesting that news outlets there in Russia have been shut down because he doesn't think that they're being very fair or they're misspeaking the truth that the war is going well when they're saying it's not. Well, I hope that people in the world wake up because, number one, it's a communist country. Number two, the man does not care about the Russian citizen. That's why he's killed his own people, along with hundreds of thousands of others. So don't think for a second that even if Russians go out in the street and protest this war, that it's going to do any good at all. Well, they're arresting him in, in large numbers now, all of the protesters that were in Moscow protesting, they're actually locking them all up, including people, I believe, who are with their children. They're just, they're locking everybody up. Yeah, and that's why if you look at the sum total of the parts, it makes you scratch your head and wonder, okay, aren't the police and the military citizens of Russia, don't they have family members that they're potentially arresting? Well, they could be afraid that they're going to be targeted next. They might be telling their family to either get out or go away, but look at how they have been treated. And I believe it was Putin. I don't think it was one of his generals, but I could be mistaken. It could have been one of the generals, but Russia had come out and said that they were going to put up uh, guillotines in Ukraine and start publicly executing people who would fight against the Russians in order to attempt to control the Ukrainian people and get them to stop fighting back. So if that is the case, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they would do that in their own country and say, if you don't, you know, take up arms on behalf of Russia and hold your citizenry accountable when they're anti-Russian, then you, you, then you and your family are next. Absolutely. And former Russian leaders have killed up to 40 million of their own people. So they're ruthless and they don't care about the human condition. Well, and Putin is former KGB. So do you think he has any real feelings? Negative. So that where I'm leading with this is people that are listening to this podcast and around the world need to realize that's why our First Amendment is so important in the United States of America. And the one, in my opinion, that's more important than the First Amendment is the Second Amendment. Because if you don't have the second, you can't defend the first. Yeah, If you want to even look at what's happening in neutral countries, such as Sweden, they had to scramble fighter jets after Russia violated their airspace. So if you think that you're neutral and everything that you're doing is neutral, that doesn't matter with countries who don't care about you. If they want your land, if they want your people, if they want to force you to do what they want to force you to do, if you don't have a Second Amendment, you don't have people with guns and ammo, you can't really defend your neutrality. Absolutely. And it's just like a Ukrainian parliament member said today, I believe her name, I'm going to butcher her name, Ola Cassandra Vuvusnova says that this is going to get much worse. And now that there's no potential, now there is not going to be a no-fly zone. She's wondering where in the heck is the European community to help them out. We gave up our nukes back in the 90s, she says. 1996. For supposed help. Where are you? And that was with Clinton and Obama. Yes. Clinton said, if you give up your nukes, we will be there for you. So 1996, Clinton's in office. He says that he signs something to that effect. They give up the nukes. They do it. In 2009, President Obama reiterated that same statement. We are there for you. And that's not Europe. That's the United States because we were a part of having their nukes taken from them and given up but it wasn't given up willingly when people are twisting your arm but we were a part of that obama reiterated the united states would be there for you and now when we're being asked to be there for them we are not and i don't know what other countries had signed on to that same agreement i don't believe it was just the united states but we definitely have not been there for them in the ways that we need to be now we're looking at appropriating funds and getting some stuff over to them I believe Biden has authorized $350 million is what we offered in military aid. He wants to secure their borders. Not ours, but that's a different story. It's not just about the money. They've asked for what they need. When somebody is specific in their needs, no fly zone. Send us you know, certain equipment. Send us ammunition. Because apparently the United States offered to whisk Zelensky away. But Zelensky said, I'm here. For my people, just give us ammo. I don't need a ride. Just yeah. give me weapons. Yes. Yeah, so when people are specific in their needs and you're like, now nah, we're going to give you a, a lecture on transgender niceties instead. Thank you, CBS. Thank you, Kamala Harris. Okay, that, that does nobody any good. Are you going to go lecture the Russians on, on 
transgenderism too? Do you think that will just stop everybody from rolling tanks? Well, it's amazing that I've heard some other country leaders bag on the president of the Ukraine saying that how in the heck could anybody put a comedian in charge of their country? But it's interesting, though, that that uh, comedian's blood runs pretty deep because he's willing to stay there when he had a free ride out and defend his country. And now there's been three, no less than three that we know of, attempts on his life. And they'll probably eventually get to him. And then Russia will end up installing their own little puppet government. That Hopefully the man holds strong and there's enough uh, special forces guys around him that they can keep him safe until this thing's locked down. So, yeah, they're just going to, to go back, they're going to install a puppet. If we don't actually do what is necessary to help Ukraine, they're going to have a Russian puppet and they're going to have access, since it appears to still be running, to at least a quarter of the necessary nuclear power plant uh, fuel, so to speak, nuclear power plants. A quarter of Ukrainians' needs are from there. The largest power plant in Europe, we're handing it over to the Russians. Or they're taking it. I mean, I, I say we're handing it over because we're not helping in the helpful Well, this ways. isn't new to countries around the world, though, because this kind of fighting happens all the time. And we talk a big talk. We throw taxpayer dollars out there. And ultimately, nothing gets done because we don't have the wherewithal to go to another world war. It's interesting that there's a little portion over there called Moldova. Well, supposedly there was a map found. The One of the Belarus leaders was yes. standing for a picture in front of a map, yes. And apparently it raised some eyebrows because the ambassador to Moldova called the Belarus leadership and said, hey, you need to clarify some things here. So they met... And they were told, oh, no, we made a mistake. You guys weren't supposed to be on the map. That was actually supposed to be another little part of a country called Transnistria. So apparently those folks need to get their military ready because they might get run over here pretty soon, too. But this could be the, the cook-off of World War III, that the Russians are just going to roll from one little country to the other to the other. So... Uh, isn't that what the Nazi Germany did? Start small and then just keep going while everybody else turned their head and just said, oh, it's only this little thing. Oh, it's only this little part. Oh, oh, it's only this little piece. As a matter of fact, little part of history, and you folks can look it up on the History Channel or whatever outlet you choose to get your history from. We had a president. His name was JFK. I believe it was either his father or grandfather that was an ambassador at that time and was sending communiques back telling our leadership, don't worry about it. There is not going to be a war here. It's a little, <laughs> called it intertribal strife. Um, this was none of our business. Well, guess what? Yes, they were going little, little place to little place until it became the big places. Yeah, little bit by little bit. So Russia's going to start with another, taking back all of the, the former USSR, I guess. And I'm sure that's the master plan, is they want all those Eastern Bloc countries back under one umbrella. So some of the oligarchs, the oligarchy. The oligarchy. 
they are selling off or attempting to sell off their parts and pieces to get money. So you have, um, so the owner of a $600 million yacht got his yacht seized. We have the owner of a soccer club who is trying to sell off his interest in Chelsea soccer. Among others, they are trying to offload what they own because I think they're trying, the U.S., among others, is trying to put a freeze on assets, so it's unclear how that's going to work out for them. But it's amazing just how quickly they are trying to offload their assets. And one of the things that we are supposed to do is freeze Russian money when it comes to Putin, but yet technically he only makes a small six-figure salary, and he doesn't really technically have assets. So it'll be interesting to see how we freeze those assets. Well, they're going to destroy the, is it ruble? The ruble, I think, is down to a penny or less. Yes, they're destroying the ruble right now. But if Russia has a lot of gold, it doesn't matter because they can sell gold on the open market through third-party channels. But isn't it these oligarchs that actually run the country? That is what is claimed. The oligarchs run the country, although I would put Putin up there with it. I don't know if one of them would attempt to assassinate Putin to take over, not advocating for the assassination of the Russian leader. But I'm just wondering aloud if one of these individuals who may lose everything financially would then turn around and try to do something and take over so they can still remain in power. Right, and I just don't believe they don't diversify their wealth so it's not all hedged on one thing that way when something like this does happen because it seems to be an eight to ten year trend when putin goes out and decides to start bombing or shooting or doing his thing that these oligarchs um, are probably a little smarter than we think and are giving them credit for so don't know yeah, so the definition of oligarchy is a government by a few, especially a small faction of persons or families, and then those making up such a government, a state governed by few persons. So an oligarch is part of uh, an individual who's a part of the oligarchy of making up the, it's not the government, what, what would it be? Just individuals who are able to control what goes on in a country. It's multi-billionaire leadership. So See, you, they, I'm sorry. Uh, they no, thought, no, they thought Russians, ahead. the oligarch was only a Russian thing. So it is technically only a Russian thing. However, yes. AOC wants to normalize calling American billionaires oligarchs. She just came out and said that, that she wants to normalize this. So that I was actually looking into what is it, and it, it refers to Russians but she said that she wants to normalize calling American billionaires oligarchs. Right, and that's where it started, obviously. But we have billionaires here that run our tech companies that are basically oligarchs, and she is correct. So I partially agree with it. I, I do believe that you, you've you hit it, uh, Zuckerberg being one of the oligarchs, because he has shown that he can squelch any talks of Anything that he doesn't like on his... That surname, Zuckerberg. What is that? Mark Zuckerberg. That's I, the I owner that. of Facebook. What, Zuckerberg. Oh. Look. That's a good question. Where is that from? Just uh, wondering. So there's an associate professor from Tufts University. His name's Michael Beckley. People have been asking him, will this embolden China? 
to try and take Taiwan. He says, absolutely, they will. And that this is, in his opinion, our precursor to World War III. So Zuckerberg is a Jewish ornamental name composed of the German Zucker and the Jewish Berg. Zucker meaning sugar and Berg meaning mountain or hill. So sugar, sugar hill. He's a sugar hill. Uh Uh-huh. Just curious. But to to jump back for a second. So I would say that Zuckerberg and his influence would be considered, he should be considered an oligarch because he has controlled information and ability to publicly speak on his platforms. When I say his platforms, although they have become the public square, so I think that there should be a mention of that. But I would actually say that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer fit the definition better, even without being billionaires. because And even the Clintons and now the Obamas. Because there's a difference between using political capital and influence. And they have such great control over the government, over the American people, over all of it, that they can shut almost anything they want down. That I would say that even though they're only multimillionaires, they are the oligarchs. Speaking of oligarch Clinton, do you know that they're in the process of reviving or rebundling the CGI? Do you know what CGI is? Computer graphic interface? Oh, the Clinton Global Initiative. Oh, the Clinton Foundation. Yes, which kind of went dormant in 2017 after all the stuff was happening with Hillary and everything. They lost all their money because nobody wanted to donate to the not president. And that's my own opinion. They must be out of money. And, of course, their excuse for starting it back up is the inequities and vulnerabilities across the globe brought on by the Ukraine war and this global pandemic. And one of the most important reasons to start it back up is climate change. And before that, it was global warming. It's the same thing, isn't it? And all while they're jet-setting around the entire world or globe, continent to continent, on a private Jet A guzzling jet. No, it runs on unicorn fairy dust. But they're the they're the group that just demands that we go green. And there's technology out there where they can run certain types of biofuels in their airplanes. They demand of us what they won't do themselves. And I have not seen a sticker on any one of them airplanes that says this is a clean air corporate jet. So they're full of crud. They're out of money. They go around and spew crap out of their pie holes when somebody, somebody needs to stand up one of these days, especially the Clintons. I want these old farts to go away. I mean, I'm an older guy, but I want these old goats to go away. So this younger generation, it probably has more smarts. They know how to use technology better. That can actually help start correcting some of this crud that's messed up. Nobody will go up against them. They have they have either dirt, the Clinton machine, the Schumer machine, the Pelosi's. They all have something that runs behind the scenes. There is no way that that the young today, 
25, 35, 45, no way that there isn't somebody more qualified to take over, but it's because they're all in the pocket of somebody, in the pocket of themselves, as it were, trying to make it about the money, which is, of course, what it is, money and power. So they, yeah, it's just frustrating because we know that there are people who are uniquely qualified to assist in running the country, and it's not them. Absolutely. I'd put you up against any one of them. Speaking of in the tank for people, who is the who? The World Health Organization. Yeah, and they've been a little corrupted the last couple of years that we've been able to actually see with our own eyes. Oh, absolutely, because they tried to help China hide the fact that there was COVID running around, running rampant, and spreading the moment they decided to hide it rather than trying to assess and fix world problems, that's they were definitely not yes. on my list of good people. And with this uh, Russian-Ukraine war, the WHO has come out and voiced their concern about increased COVID transmission. So did the CDC. They actually came out and said that if there is a nuclear uh, war and there, a nuclear bomb goes off and there's fallout to make sure you try to get to a shelter. But keep in mind that COVID still exists, so you should wear a mask and socially distance. So while there's nuclear fallout, the most important thing to do is to find your mask, wear it, and socially distance. See, that's the older group of people that are, far, are so misguided. But, you know, you'd think they'd be a little more concerned about all the bombs that are hitting the apartment complexes and blowing people to smithereens. I don't think COVID should be high on their priority list. But there was an increase in COVID cases just prior to the invasion. Do you think the Russians had any increase or are they just good to go? Well, the only one that's terrified in Russia of COVID, from what I understand, is Putin himself. Is that why he has that big old table and keeps everybody about 30 meters away? Yes, he's scared to death of COVID. And there's actual body doubles now. They've actually started looking at the film and they've noticed people with fatter cheeks, different eye sets, different eye sets, and a little bit different size ears. So now they're saying there's at least three Putins running around. Didn't the former leader of Iraq, Saddam, Saddam Hussein, Hussein, had over, I want to say over 20 body doubles. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so there is one thing that I wanted to bring up with regard to... This is a really weird area for me, and I understand that historically this has happened... Before, when there has been World War, like during World War II, we kind of did a pause and held the Olympics. And so sometimes I think we do unimportant things and we focus on unimportant things. So Russia has started a war with Ukraine. And now we're seeing where certain soccer leagues are saying the Russian soccer stars can't play soccer. We're not going to allow them to play in our, our series, whatever event they're they're holding, or tennis or basketball, whatever it is. They I don't know if they actually play basketball, but they're gonna stop allowing Russians to play. And there was another sport where a Russian and a Ukrainian were supposed to go up against each other. And the Ukrainian said that they were going to forfeit the game because they did not want to play in a match against a Russian player. And I just find it so weird that we have international soccer while a war is happening. 
Like, why are there sports stars, either Ukrainian or Russian or nearby? I, I just don't understand how they're out there being like, I'm going to play soccer for my country. I well, I don't know. I just find it so weird. It is weird. But, you know, we're buying products and other countries are buying products from China while they're systematically committing genocide. So I guess we really don't care. In a lot of areas, we don't. We had a basketball owner, basketball team here in the U.S. Say, what about the Uyghur Muslims? Nobody they did cares. not care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. So one more thing for me on the war in Ukraine. The president of Ukraine just asked for help. He says, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, world, for help. And when I go back a few days ago, because I think this thing's been going on for about seven or eight days now, I saw the Russians hit a kinder care preschool, even though they denied it. The evidence is irrefutable. They're hitting apartment complexes. They're, they're killing women and children. That always pulls at my heartstrings. Pulled at my heartstrings so much this time. First thing I did on Monday morning of this week was get a hold of the Ukrainian consulate in San Francisco and volunteered my services. Not a hero, just a normal guy that would like to go do my part. And apparently I got a little little blowback from one of my family members. Only one? Only one so far. So the um, consulate called me back and actually told me to hold one. They would contact me later, have not heard anything for four days. So I guess that means either I'm too old, they lost my number, or uh, things are just moving way too fast for them. Well, actually getting people over there, some of what has been posted about joining the fight, if you're American or another countryman, depending on where you're from, you could be arrested and prosecuted at home. Once you return, if you go and fight, take up arms for Ukraine, you will not get paid. You need to bring your own gear. Uh, the not paying you is to not turn you into a mercenary or a gun for hire. Uh, but you will have limited, if almost non-existent, rights. If you're captured or killed, if you're captured, you're not a traditional POW. There's no one who's going to be negotiating on your your behalf or trying to get your release or keeping track of you. And so you end up in this situation where you could just be missing for weeks, months, or years, and nobody can do anything about it. Right, and a generalized thought process is by some individuals is, you know, just if it's going to kick off into a world war, just wait one and you can help protect the homeland. That we're going to have to protect the homeland because it's coming here eventually. Right. My thought is, as an older gentleman, that's what my younger family's for, is to protect the homeland. And if possible, for me and others to go over there and help thwart it and prevent it and keep the thing over there and not bring it home to my grandsons and granddaughters, my daughter, son-in-law's wife, and other friends and family. It's not being selfish I said it's not being a hero it's just my own thought process as to how I think things should work but how you think things should work and how things actually work can be two different things it can be but sometimes different things are my reality and my reality are different things so something that we noted a little bit earlier was that 
um, inflation, among other issues having to do with the Ukrainian war. So we've already seen inflation even prior to this. And now with the war and more money being spent by the U.S., we will actually see more inflation or the potential for more inflation. So the editor of Politico uh, put out a little not nice piece on Manchin because he's willing to stomach inflation for Ukraine, but he's not willing to stomach inflation for the Biden agenda. Really? Really. So apparently if you want to support another country who is at war with arguably your adversary, because they're not our friends, I don't, with as much as we could want it, it's not, it's just not going to happen. They're not our friends. They're definitely not on our side for anything. Not that anyone actually has to be on your side in the world, but they're definitely not our allies. Well, well they seem to be pretty evil if they're willing to kill their own people on a consistent and regular basis. Yeah, so with the concern about the global conflict and what it can mean for for the entire U.S. as well as other countries, apparently focusing on the fact that there may be some inflation tied with the money used to help Ukraine is not wholly agreeable unless you're also willing to have inflation for Biden's agenda. Interesting thought process. You'll get a spin out of everyone. Yes, there's a spin for everyone, from everyone and for everything. Okay, so let's talk about UC Berkeley. Apparently, there's a California Supreme Court decision that came down, and it says that UC Berkeley must limit its student enrollment due to environmental impacts of having students on campus and there being limited campus housing or local housing, a group uh, of local people in Berkeley had filed a lawsuit against UC Berkeley because they saw Berkeley increasing enrollment and still not addressing the housing problem and the environmental impacts and impacts of the local community. And I guess UC Berkeley so far has lost two rounds, the the initial lawsuit, and then now the Supreme Court uh, being their appeal, the California Supreme Court, that being their appeal. So they have to reduce admission to UC Berkeley to 2020-2021 levels, which means they need to resend at least 5,100 offers of admission to UC Berkeley. So due to the environment and environment, well, in the traditional sense, the, the local environment around UC Berkeley and the housing problem, they over-offered. Apparently, they knew about this ahead of time, and they still offered too many admissions, hoping that they would prevail in the Supreme Court. That's pretty interesting. Apparently, uh, does UC Berkeley have a law department? I believe they have a school of law. Their professors are obviously not very good. Well, it might not have been defendable. I know. It's indefensible. Did you watch the State of the Union? I did not. I have a hard time stomaching the man during little one and two minute clips. I couldn't watch him for 30 minutes to an hour. Okay, so I did not watch the whole State of the Union. I, I took it in bits and pieces. So my, I what I don't like about the State of the Union, and this is true no matter which president is standing up there speaking, is that 
every few words, we have a clap fest. Okay, let me tell you about today's economy. Clap, 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 clap. Let me tell you that we have gas prices. Clap, clap. Like everything is a clap fest and I find it so annoying. I wonder if you take the entire, I think it was just over an hour that Biden spoke. If you take that whole time frame and you cut out all the clapping, I wonder how long his speech actually was. 15 to 30 minutes. But yeah, so I I just cannot stomach watching the clap fest over and over again. But one of the the videos that I did see are actually a couple of the videos. One was at the moment of clapping for a particular statement, Nancy Pelosi starts rubbing her hands together in some weird bug-like fashion. Like if you look at flies when they start rubbing their front legs together, that's what she looked like, a bug, rubbing her hands together. So everybody's clapping and she's got closed fists rubbing her hands and knuckles together. It was the weirdest looking moment. I've (laughs) seen that clip and a lot of other people around the world think it was a very odd thing. I have not seen any psychologist or psychiatrist come on the news yet and quantify, qualify, identify what the heck that was. Which is funny because for four years they broke down every minute detail of Trump's movements and First Lady's movements, First Lady Trump, Melania Trump, they broke down every movement that they made and they would have psychologists and speech experts and all of these people on there just breaking down every little bit. And here we have really arguably weird scenarios and we not a peep. That's why we need to check her cognitive reasoning too. She has been around a long time. It appears from her alcohol bill that we get to see on how much money she spends annually for her budget and the lots on alcohol, she may have some issues. And she's number three in line. Yes. So the other one was uh, Chuck Schumer. So in, in the uh, clap fest, they also... Chuck st- U. Schumer? Yes. They also stand up and then they start clapping. And then they'll sit back down, wait a couple seconds, stand up, start clapping. Well, apparently he missed the memo on one of the claps. So he stands up, starts to bring his hands together in a clap, looks around. Nobody's going to clap. So he sits back down and waits for the next cue. So he tried to to clap off cue. Another one that's probably been in office too long. However, that's all is just about the optics and it's all theater. There's really nothing that gets done or there's no value to these things. I think it's a constitutional requirement, though, that the president give a State of the Union I don't mind the State of the Union. What bothers me is, like I said, the clap fest. Well, and it's within itself State of the Union, a true State of the Union. Not a fake State of the Union? not a fake summary of what's going on. So recently, uh, people, well, I shouldn't say recently, there have been individuals who have been FOIAing or requesting information from the Secret Service. So what they're they have been FOIAing from the Secret Service is multiple years of Biden Hunter Biden Biden's travel records. So just as with a lot of the public record requirements, the Secret Service keeps records on basically how much money they spend on keeping people safe. Whether it's Hunter Biden, another president's family member, as long as they are working, it's supposed to be a, a governmental record. And so apparently 
Hunter Biden was under Secret Service protection from January of 2009 to July of 2014. During that time, we've we've seen the photos, videos, all of that. He traveled extensively to Russia, China, India, and many other places. So there was a probe into what he was doing, where he was going, and it wasn't just like a, a freedom of information request. It was from a senator. So Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson sought the records from the Secret Service so they could find out basically what he was doing. And the Secret Service provided 261 pages that were redacted, but 261 pages of information. But apparently, they did not provide any records from 2010, 2011, or 2013, saying an inability to find them. So you have the government spending money. They're supposed to keep track of that money and how they spent it. Supposed to keep records. And they're just saying, eh. Years and years of money spent, thousands and thousands of dollars, and there's no record. There's record. They just need to do an inquiry with an independent auditor, and they would find them and bring them out. They just don't want to. They know how corrupt these people are, and they just want to hide that stuff. Speaking of corrupt, can we talk about the CDC? Yes, let's talk about the CDC. Well, they've dropped a bunch of their restrictions. You mean like right before the State of the Union when all of a sudden masks weren't required anymore because, you know, poll numbers are tanking? Absolutely. No more masks required. The only places you need to wear them where there's still COVID hotspots. A lot of the counties, cities, and states are going to start dropping the vaccine mandates, and they'll probably start hiring back all these people that they fired. Oh, I... I find it really interesting that we have a shortness of staff available, but we're saying that it has nothing to do with firing people who were unvaccinated, but here we are going to turn around and hire unvaccinated people because it doesn't matter anymore. Well, you should feel like a prophet because we talked multiple times, not here on the podcast, but privately about all the empirical data that was going to start to pop up two, three years later with COVID, with the vaccines with natural immunity, with antibodies, all the above. Well, lo and behold, as I think we talked about a couple episodes back about antibodies and natural immunity, is as strong as somebody that's had two shots. Well, unfortunately, one of the studies that was just done and peer-reviewed with, I don't know if it's Moderna or which Pfizer, which one of the shots, but Apparently, there is a little DNA alteration with livers, and it's not made up. It's not fictitious. It's not voodoo. It's fact from scientists. So hopefully, it's not a DNA change that becomes a critical issue with people. Although there is another study that COVID with shots, COVID without shots, uh, this new long-term COVID thing has potentially created up to 20 different maladies within people heart attacks heart problems which i guess is part of myocarditis um, and several other issues with liver disease lung disease your hair falling out not being able to uh, exercise anymore as a youngster not being able to complete programs so there's a whole lot of stuff that happened here that man we really need to dive into and see if this thing was in fact man-made 
And if it was, we absolutely need to hold people accountable. Yes, we absolutely need to hold people accountable. And something to note with it, it's both Pfizer and Moderna because both of those are mRNA. So you're wondering which one? It's both. They're both mRNA. Uh, Johnson and Johnson was not mRNA, so it is not included in this finding. And it says originally the CDC said that the COVID-19 vaccines do not change or interact with your DNA in any way. And then it claims that all the ingredients in both mRNA and the COVID-19 vaccines that are administered in the U.S. are discarded from the body once antibodies are produced. At least that was their claim, but now they're seeing that it goes into the liver and it starts reverse creating DNA. So there, there's more. There's more that we don't know. And we don't know what we don't know. So now we're going to unfortunately find out by it happening and then trying to link it up in the future when people are having That's a very profound issues. statement. We don't know what we don't know. Because you are correct. And it's going to take years and years. But unfortunately, we've exempted. Oh, they won't ever have to pay for anything correct. that they did. They will not have to ever be held accountable. They may in the future decide that this wasn't a good thing and they will quit producing it or they might try to make it better in the future or research it further, but they will never be held to account because the United States has exempted vaccine manufacturers from being held accountable. Well, seeing at the start of this thing, that's what the big Dr. F did is I believe he scared the bejesus out of the Trump administration and Trump and his people started thinking, oh my God, we could lose millions of people if we don't do something. That's why I keep saying, especially if the man runs for president again, if there's serious issues with these vaccines because of Operation Warp Speed, they're going to find any way they can to blame any of that on him. Oh, they will absolutely blame, even though they're the ones who made it mandatory. And I'm not saying that... There is a difference. Trump said here, they told us this is a good thing, please take it, versus Biden who said, we will force this into your body, and then all of these governors who said, we will force you to take this regardless of any consequences because there will be no consequences to them. They will never be held to account. They will turn around and blame Trump if there ultimately is something wrong with it because of Operation Warp Speed, even though they're the ones that forced you to take it. So it's going to be a political ticking time bomb and it will be interesting to see which way it goes but something to note is Fauci has always been pro-vaccine no matter what he he has been that way he has geared almost his entire research towards making everything a vaccine he wanted a vaccine to help treat HIV I'm not saying that that's a bad thing I think trying to find ways to cure or protect you know up front is great but he's been so blinded by turning everything into a vaccine that i do think that he scared the trump administration into thinking that this was the only thing to do because look at every speech he made every talk show he went on every time he was interviewed he he was the one who had his his finger on the the trigger so to speak right and two things number one you're absolutely right and i think he probably looked at himself as someone that like found a cure for polio or some of the other diseases way back in the day. His name was going to be attached to something phenomenal. Be, yes, he was going to be one of them superheroes that was in a phenomenal light. Speaking of somebody I don't think who's a superhero, 
how in the world did a computer guy, just because he's a billionaire, Microsoft founder, Bill Gates, yes? Yes. How is he in the know with all this stuff when I just saw a little news clip from him a day or two ago talking about Omicron, the latest part of the virus, the the spinoff, which is it was B1.1 point blah, blah, blah. Now it's B2.1 point blah, blah, blah. And there's B3 and B4. He has said that those, the Omicron created a better, what would be the proper Vaccine, term? so to Vaccine, speak. Vaccine, so to speak, thank you, than our actual vaccines. What does he know? How does he know it? Well, I think through the Gates Foundation, they have given lots of money, which includes medical research. So I think he's had his hand in it in a way. And then he's known to be, and then he's known to be a spokesperson of sorts. So I think he's just had his hand in it that he's a salesman. So is it medical research or medical meddling? Medical meddling. There you go. So he's had his hand in a lot of things and he's a salesman. It is said that he is not a computer programmer. He didn't help to actually create a lot of what Microsoft does, but he's a salesman and he's gotten the right people to do it. So that's what he does is he sells things. So he's a billionaire and people want his money. So they give him the time of day. And apparently according to Melinda Gates, he was so friendly with Jeffrey Epstein who did not kill himself with Jeffrey with Jeffrey Epstein that it made her absolutely uncomfortable. So this guy may be a salesman, but he seems to have had his problems as well. So then the founder of Apple, Stephen Jobs? Steve Jobs, yes. Was more of a computer guy than Mr. Gates? I would say so, yes. But he was also a salesperson as well. I mean, he, he had a particular set of requirements for everything and he went with it and he had some weird or strange what do they call them idiosyncrasies yes yeah i guess he would run 30 days of eating one thing for three or four meals a day like he would eat oranges every day for 30 days and people at work would notice a skin color change in him is really weird I one of the ones that I heard was that he didn't like having plates on his car. So every month he got a new car. Yes. He got so a, he didn't have yes. the plates. And as soon as the plates would come in the mail, he would go get a new car. I know this is kind of off to the right there, but the island country of Maldives. Yes. So they are a predominantly or they are one hundred percent Muslim country. One of the YouTube voters I follow is there right now currently cruising. And I saw an interesting tidbit today that they don't use silverware like the Western people do when they eat. What do they use? They use their right hand. Their left hand. I've heard that for Indian as well. Yes, it's for India as well. So they have bidets. They don't have teepee. So they operate the bidet with their left hand. That's why it's very um, unsanitary, uncouth, unhealthy, not professional, whatever. To offer your yes. left hand at all. Yes. So they. that's why, they, it was just an interesting tidbit. That's why they eat with their right hands only. That was pretty cool. So jumping back just a smidge, I, although that is an interesting piece of information, I will admit. 
is with COVID numbers. So something that we have talked about is the real COVID numbers. You just mentioned it, that it appears Fauci and some of the other professionals and using their professional expertise were claiming that we were going to see so much death and, and so many issues that that's why we shut down and that's why we started we said, okay, if your hospital has a, a COVID patient, you're going to get so many thousands of dollars because it costs a lot of money to treat COVID patients. If you have to give the redemsphere, you were going to get so much more money. And for every COVID death that you had, you would even, you know, there was a level of money to almost everything COVID. So when somebody would come in with a broken arm, a car accident, just generally feeling unwell, a back problem, a leg problem, whatever the case may be, they were COVID testing every single person and they were doing the quick COVID test because obviously if you're in there to get your leg set at the ER if they're gonna x-ray it and then possibly set it or or perform surgery they wanted to have the rapid COVID test up front because if they did the other test it could take two three plus days depending on how far the lab was whatever so they started doing these tests on every single person coming in and so now that they're looking at the real numbers People would come in for another reason and then test positive. Well, there were two things about it. One, they wouldn't be symptomatic. Or two, the level of false positives is so high that we were actually treating not COVID patients as COVID patients because the it was a false positive. So they're going back and they're looking at the real numbers. I'm wondering when we're going to find out here in the United States, if or if we ever will, because they just submitted all of these numbers to the CDC. Are we ever going to find out what the real numbers are? Because now that we officially know, we do know that since everyone was tested, even if they came in for something else, it was a COVID number. So what were the true hospitalizations? Not saying people weren't hospitalized, people got sick, people died. Absolutely. It's a real thing. But what were the real numbers? It's going to be high. We'll probably never come up with the real, real number. There was another study, I'm all into studies, that was just released by some doctors in Israel, peer-reviewed. Guess what the number one thing was to help prevent you from being hospitalized with COVID? I'm going to go with a vitamin. Yes. In America, we call them vitamins. A vitamin? D, Yes. Which is something that we actually told people to get less of here in the United States and other countries. We locked people in their homes, told them not to go anywhere. So we told them not to get exercise and we told them not to go anywhere, not to get vitamin D, not to have fresh air. We actually mandated people to not have vitamins and fresh air and exercise. And that's that thing. They didn't know what they didn't know, but shortly after this thing started rolling out, they should have been smart enough to adjust on the fly. Yeah, Israel and Middle Eastern countries, a lot of sun. It's very hot over there. Interesting thing is a lot of Israeli people were lacking, even though it's highly vaccinated, vitamin D. And I was shaking my head, well, how in the heck can that be when it's so hot, so sunny and all that there? They very seldom go out in the sun. Really? They spend most of their time indoors. So a few of the um, pieces of information we've talked about over the course of the last several weeks includes the fact that, well, green energy, we've talked about green energy and the fact that the U.S. has started 
pushing more towards green energy, which is partially why we got the pipeline shut down because it wasn't green enough. We don't go for nuclear fuel because it's just not the type of green energy that they're pushing, which is wind, solar, all of that. So Biden has come out repeatedly and picking the winners and losers, which is something that we do here in the United States. And he's touted Ford for investing $11 billion to build electric vehicles, creating 11,000 jobs in, in the United States, GM for making an investment of $7 billion to build electric for 4,000 jobs in Michigan. And continually, they cut out Elon Musk, who Tesla has created over 50,000 jobs and building electric vehicles here in the United States. And basically, they've picked Elon Musk as a loser because they're not touting anything that he does. Even he's not an oligarch? Apparently, even though he's a billionaire, he's not an oligarch because they do not tout anything that he does. They don't push for him. Nothing. So I find it quite interesting on picking the winners and losers, picking the billion dollar corporations, picking who's going to ultimately be touted for anything. We have our president and other members of Congress do the same thing, but the United States picking the winners and losers. Well, it's because our Congress and Senate goes after the ones that will not talk back and tow the company line, so to speak, even though Elon Musk is flying satellites now around, great communications. We're launching rockets into space, or he's launching them. I'm so not. one of the things we did talk about for the International Space Station and what sanctions are going to do for Russia or against Russia because we have partnered with them in some of the rocket launches and, and getting our, our um, astronauts up into space, Elon Musk actually was responsible for getting the um, U.S. astronauts, and I think a Japanese astronaut, up into space this last go-around. So he's good enough to help get our astronauts to the International Space Station, but he's not good enough for public recognition. Yeah, because Elizabeth Warren doesn't like him. Yeah, I would. Uh, she likes to pick the winners and losers, too. So does Pelosi, and her and her husband are pretty good at it. Yes, they are. They they definitely somehow miraculously pick all of the winning, winning stock and winning IPOs. So have you heard of a representative, Van Taylor? He's a ter- two-term U.S. representative. No. So he's from Northeast Texas, and he was running for a third term. Ooh, was he the one just got in trouble? So, yes. I know what you're going to say. And last year, he actually voted for the creation of the special congressional panel to investigate the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, and he was leading the pack of five Republicans in a primary race, so he was at 48.7% of the vote, just shy of winning the nomination at 50%. But he that is really high for five people running in a particular seat, seated area for the primary runoff. He has uh, ended his reelection bid after he admitted to an extramarital affair with a widow of an American who joined the Islamic State. So he was having an affair with a an ISIS war bride. Hmm. That is interesting. You want to talk about a real uh, relationship with terror? 
He voted to have the January 6th riot looked into, not saying it shouldn't have been looked into. And and looking at all of the mistakes that happened and how they weren't able to hold the line, how the police, you know, should have acted or reacted. You always want to break down, I think, and look at what you could have done better. I'm not anti looking at how we could have handled that situation better. But you better make sure that your uh, own backyard is clean and tidy before that's you try a, to go and glass house <laughs> yes throwing stones don't on cast the first stone or don't throw stones when your house isn't pure yeah so with the january 6th riot you've had the first individual who's convicted of seditious conspiracy in the capital riot i don't know if you heard about that no so it was by the, he was an army veteran and he pled guilty so he actually pled guilty to the charge of seditious conspiracy. I would still like to see when it goes to trial if somebody will be found guilty of seditious conspiracy. Because pleading guilty to something, you can scare people into pleading guilty. Uh, just as a, a young man pled guilty and was awaiting sentencing, and then apparently the government decided to add sentencing enhancement to his case. And it had nothing to do with the charges that he actually pled guilty to. They started adding these enhancements, and he could have seen years in jail. His his lawyer thought that they would have his lawyer thought that they would have beaten those charges, the, the enhancements. But unfortunately, this individual was brought down so much that he committed suicide. And so the the government went after him after he agreed to plead guilty to a certain set of charges, and then they decided to tack on a bunch of time. Um, so this individual is now facing years. Uh, he's 34 years old, and he acknowledged getting into a physical alt- altercation with a police officer. So he was physical with a police officer, and then he part- claimed well, he pled guilty to participating in the plan to use force or hinder or delay a transfer of presidential power. So in this particular case, this Army veteran served as an infantryman from 2006 to 2008 and deployed in Iraq for four months in 2007. So apparently with his pushing past officers, joining those who confronted officers, Profanely proclaiming the building is his, etc. He decided to plead guilty to the charges, and he was also connected to being an oath keeper as well. Hmm. Seditious bad behavior. Yes. So with with a plea, so kind of, I know it's kind of jumping topics, but it is along the same lines. With the plea of guilty. To seditious conspiracy, I'm thinking that they're going to use that guilty plea as a reason that Trump was guilty of the so same thing. So he cannot run for president in 2024 because if you are guilty of that, you cannot hold public office. Which, with him running again, I wonder when they did the results of the CPAC conference, who ended up being in first? I think it was Trump. I could be mistaken, but I think it was Trump. Uh, okay. Just wondering if it was DeSantis. Uh, that is one I'll have to look up. I thought I heard that it was Trump, but it could be someone else. Well, he's definitely a firebrand, and if I was him, because of his age, I know he's got an ego, and he's going to want to run again. 
he should put his full power behind DeSantis. I hope that he does. I hope he doesn't run again. No offense to anyone who wants Trump to run again, but I do believe that he is getting to an age. Enjoy your retirement. You've done so much. Now use that political capital to get behind someone else. Absolutely. And he may. He may realize that uh, here in about a year. So he did make a comment, though, about running for the House of Representatives. So that way he could be third in line. I I don't know that he straight out said that. I think it was like connections were made up. Like he, w- he wanted to take Nancy Pelosi's spot. So that would be interesting if instead of running for president, he ran for the House of Representatives instead. Ran for Congress. That'd be pretty interesting, actually. Very cool. Yeah, but on the Ron DeSantis, apparently he said that uh, he would not give any guard National Guard to Biden for the State of the Union because I guess they were asking for National Guards and Ron DeSantis said nope. Well, you know, sometimes you have to put your foot down. The guy's done nothing but slammed DeSantis and other red state governors. He pulled therapeutics from them, which could have potentially caused lives. Yeah, so why would he help them? Why help him? Absolutely. I I wouldn't do it either. So one of the things that we've done for green energy, well, that was the claim anyway, under President Obama was sign the Paris Climate Accord. I guess it wasn't technically for green energy. It was for climate change. So President Obama signed the Paris Climate Accord, and it was supposed to get the world to sign on to reducing their carbon emissions. When President Trump was elected, he said the Paris Climate Accord was a bad deal and he withdrew the United States participation in it. Now, I believe that President, I believe that Biden actually re-signed to put the U.S. back on there. Yes, yes, he did. But did you know that after the U.S. pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, it led the world in reducing carbon emissions? Well, we always do. You got to go after China. And the EU actually released an additional 40 million tons of CO2. China released 120 million additional tons. But the United States stepping out and actually doing better than what they had agreed to just wasn't good enough. All it they, wasn't what all we were they want is like. our money. If you would look into what it's all about, like you always say, follow the cash. And that was just about them having us sign something so we could give up some more of our rights and give them money. Or as the one former vice president says, carbon credits so they can play their little fake game with their carbon credit. Right. I, I'll pay money so I don't actually have to reduce anything. Correct. Yeah, because it's about money. It's always about money. Follow the money. How do you feel about... Very sad. What school districts have done to parents during the last couple of years? I think that some of them have shown their true colors. So they have done many things these past couple of years, including even though they're supposed to have public meetings, finding ways to shut down the public meetings, not taking public questions, or if they do take public questions... They've limited what people are allowed to say, how long they're allowed to talk. Uh, One in Virginia even limited it to certain addresses in the school's jurisdiction. 
that you couldn't just have opinions on on local boards and stuff like that. So they tried to have people silence in Texas. We saw two dads arrested for the audacity of wanting to have a public meeting and speaking and the school board there in Houston not wanting that. But apparently a Michigan school district spied on parents, Facebook groups, and reported them to their employers. According to a lawsuit that was recently filed, one of the the gals said that she was reported to her employer and she lost her job because they claimed that she was, the school board claimed that she was being, um, acting unlawfully and making threats. So she got her fired. So this, this parent has actually filed a lawsuit against the school board, but it turns out that they would, some school boards have been making um, books of information on all of these parents. So they've been checking where they work, what they do, what they say. Then they take the compilation and they either turn it over to the police or they start attacking them locally just to silence the parents. We just had a local school board member either resign or retire. Resign. Saying that the school board was very corrupt. I don't doubt that it's very corrupt. Well, one in Los Angeles, I think it was Los Angeles, after it was decided that uh, masks didn't need to be worn anymore at schools because the governor of our, our state has decided to allow people to be free again. I don't know what other way to put it that's not impolite. I'm trying to be polite here. Um, so once the the masking rules were down, some of the parents said, hey, okay, we would like to send our kids to school on masks. Are you going to honor this? And they said, oh, we have to negotiate with the union. Right now there's a union contract that says that you have to wear masks. So without negotiating with the union, the students still have to wear masks. Can you imagine that that's in a union contract of I can force your student to do something that is not lawful in the state anymore, not a requirement of the state, not a requirement of the parent, but they can force your child because they negotiated it into a union contract. I don't buy it. To me, that says nothing is off limits then. Correct. They can just negotiate anything they want about your children into a contract. Why not just say they can all only wear specific shoes? They all have to wear space helmets. I mean, really nothing would be... They could part their hair in the middle. Yeah. And that, I can tell you, that look does not look good on me. I, I have a asymmetrical part because I, the down the middle does not look good. If I, I had to no go like that, anymore, so it doesn't look good on me either. If I had to go to. to school like that every day, man, that'd be awful. Yep. So in the great state of Hawaii, we actually saw a house collapse into the beach. Yeah, there was something said about that too about uh, taking all the other houses and somehow pulling them off their foundations and moving them back. Oh, because the, it's eroding. The, yes. the area is eroding. So now they're looking at, at that one of the houses collapsed into the beach. Luckily, nobody was in it at the time that it happened. But unfortunately, it has happened. Some are saying it is climate change and some are saying natural beach erosion. Because if you look at... This wasn't on Waikiki, but if you look at Waikiki, they've been talking about the climate change causing the erosion of, of Waikiki, but that is actually not it's man-made a, a natural beach, and it has been eroding since the late 1800s when it was put into place. 
and one of the trips that I took over on vacation, they had front-end loaders and trucks, guess what, dropping off new sand. Yep. They say they do it all the time because of natural erosion. So one of the, the things that we've also talked about is having voting issues with states. So in Pennsylvania, which we've talked about, but in Pennsylvania, uh, people cast ballots that were uh, mail-in ballots. And by their constitution, you had to have a specific reason, a specifically approvable reason to be able to register by absentee ballot. That means follow the rules, right? Yes. Okay. And so they had, they used COVID, which was not actually a lawful thing to do because it wasn't one of the recognized reasons that you could vote by mail. So all of those ballots should theoretically be tossed out because they would be unlawfully acquired and cast. But we're not going back to November of 2020 and we're not undoing all those votes. But it turns out that not only is that problematic, but in Delaware, they extended the days in which you could collect ballots after they were mailed or provided and they extended it by several days and that was also not lawful is that ballot harvesting no that wasn't ballot harvesting so that was instead of saying like i think in california it has to be postmarked by the right, day the of the election dead date. and then three days later by mail it has to be already picked up by whoever's counting ballots in your local right, jurisdiction right. So if something happened and there were mail delays for whatever reason, those ballots would no longer be valid because they didn't get to where they needed to get to by the specific legal time frame to get there. So with that in mind, Delaware said we're extending the time frame because we have less people working and we have COVID, we have mail delays, and therefore we're going to extend the time frame in which the, the ballots could be collected, which wasn't lawful. It has to go through either their representatives. In Pennsylvania, it needs to be a constitutional amendment for for the reasons you can have mail-in ballots, which is fine. But all of that to say, we have all of these rules and laws that were violated. I should say laws, not rules. All of these laws that were violated for the collecting and casting of ballots, but somehow we didn't have an election problem. I don't understand how those two things are in people's minds completely separate. I agree. There's other areas like with the COVID vaccines that, and the natural immunity. I have that same very question is how can you continue to say now, go ahead and please get boosted and shotted and this and that when they're finding out that some cases you don't have to. I was just thinking about the election. You know, the normal presidential election is in November. Yes. I think we need to start putting the whole administration when they do win on probation. We should have a six-month probationary period. And if they don't cut the mustard, you fire them and have another vote. That would be interesting. Well, yeah, we could theoretically replace somebody every six months. Right. But do you think people would get all wishy-washy all the time? Absolutely. I like them. I don't. I like them. I don't. Yes. That's why the Supreme Court's lifetime appointments, because you can't have the a revolving door. So one last thing on aviation, the teen who was tracking Elon Musk and Elon Musk asked him to stop. Oh, this is a good one. So he actually 
received an internship. So Elon Musk offered him money and the kid said, no, I'd rather have an internship. So apparently he started tracking oligarchs and now putting where they are flying around and, and all of that. So he's put his uh, skills to another good use. The kid must be pretty darn smart. I would say he is. He's able to run some bots to track Elon Musk, to track these oligarchs. I think it's pretty amazing. Yes, it is. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.